0: Welcome to Practice Dirty, a podcast that helps women of color explore their inner well-being. I'm your host, Michaela Rose. I'm a mindfulness facilitator, podcaster, writer, and cowgirl. I've come to learn that there's an inward journey that begins at 40. This process of discovery isn't linear, and the work we have to do can be downright dirty. I'm here to help you along the way. So, about me episode one this is pretty major and uh only because it's not just episode one it's also my origin story which was the hardest thing in the world to write and i fought it tooth and nail but apparently when you're doing something like this these things are required so here's mine first as you know my name is kayla i'm a food writer and a researcher i'm also a farmer and a horse rehabilitation specialist At this point in my life, I can say I've confidently found what I want to do for the rest of it. I am absolutely in love with food, farming, and helping people with their health journeys. You know, from a girl who is now a farmer, it's kind of funny how I got here. So my food journey started way, way back in the day, like 2002, when I fell in love with a boy that I met on the internet, of course, and I moved to Los Angeles. His name was Steven, and I really felt that he was my soulmate. But um, you know what happens when you're like in your early 20s? You think just about anybody is your soulmate. It wasn't quite that way, but I'd already packed my bags, I'd moved west, and six weeks later, I realized I'd made a terribly epic mistake. Without going into the specifics, Stephen was, you know, amazingly sweet, but he definitely wasn't what I wanted in a partner, and he was not my soulmate. So I left him. And suddenly, I found myself in L.A., no friends, no support, and I was terrified. At that point, you know, after I'd left him, I had two choices. Stay in California and make a go of it, or head back to the Midwest and go back to my mother. What do you think happened? definitely didn't go back to mom. So 19 years later, I realized that this poorly thought out decision, as impulsive as it was, was the beginning of my health journey. So becoming healthy, both mentally and physically, didn't happen overnight. You see, I'd spent most of my life being overweight. I grew up in two verbally abusive and physically abusive households. And to cope with the trauma, I began eating for comfort around the age of five. And that kind of continued to be my coping mechanism throughout my entire adult life. By 27, I was actually over 220 pounds. I mean, I was big. And, you know, please don't take that statement as negative. But, um, you know, being such a small person, that is too much weight on a small frame. So, you know, I'm definitely anti-diet culture Um, You know, I don't think weight is something women should overly focus on. But for me, where I was at that point, it was the root cause of all of my health problems, including things that were related to my heart. I had to do something about that. And even then, like, I wasn't even thinking about, oh, you know, this is causing me knee pain, and this is affecting my heart. I was like, I need to be skinny and beautiful like all these people that walk around Hollywood. You know, that, that stereotype took its toll on me. And so, you know, I went to a doctor. She was amazing. Her name was Dr. Gawara. And uh, she was kind of on those no hold bar, Suze Orman types. And, you know, I told her what was going on and, you know, I asked her about my health. And I said, How serious is this? Like what do I need to do? And she said to me, She's like, I'm gonna be truly honest with you, you could die. The asthma, the joint pain, the heart, all these health issues they're just the beginning. You need to do something very simple. you need to eat better, you need to exercise, and from there you're gonna lose weight and then guess what you won't die like you know I, I I think back on it now, and it just makes me laugh like her statements didn't make me upset; they were almost so simple that i my brain couldn't process them, and i but I also knew it was exactly what I needed to hear so I started on that change, and let me tell you, the physical changes and that process were hard. And, uh, you know, day one, 221 on the scale. And it took three years to lose a lot of weight. And, you know, I I did simple things at first. Like, I stopped eating fast food. I stopped eating processed food. I gave up Triscuits and that cheesewood stuff that comes in the can that really isn't even food, you know, it's food-like substance. Um, you know, from there, I stopped drinking soda. I began walking. You know, even walking in the beginning was hard. I couldn't make it three blocks without getting winded, like, and in, in my knees would ache. I remember this so vividly. I'm like, how am I ever going to accomplish this? But over time, you know, month after month, It got easier. The cravings for crappy food subsided. I could walk longer distances, and um, I started to get invigorated because I was feeling better. And um, at the end of my first year, I'd lost about forty pounds. The knee pain went away. I stopped having respiratory problems, like no asthma attacks, didn't need the inhalers. I was really good. And the second year, I lost another thirty-five pounds, and. You know, at that point, I was, 70, I was 75 pounds, two years, slow going, and, um, you know, I plateaued at about 145, and I refused to accept that. Like, I still felt fat, even though I was, you know, much smaller than what I had been. So in year three, I increased my exercise regimen like three plus hours a day, walking, yoga, everything I could think of. I lowered my calorie count and I even went vegan. Over the next 18 months, you know, from there, like, you know, like start of year three, so like say three and a half years. um, I then moved to raw, I juiced half my meals, and I started doing a lot of supplements. I finally lost another 33 pounds, and at the end of three and a half years, I was 117. I could fit into a size two, and you know what? Yeah, I was thin, but I wasn't healthy. I still hated my appearance. I had no energy. I was living off a caffeine and I was always hungry. Um, So it was at that point, I'm like, okay, something's off here. Like all this, this following fad and following what fit in Hollywood look like, this is ruining me. Um, So we're that, you know, I started to kind of look inward and I realized that even though I'd lost all this weight I still didn't understand the food I ate, as meager as the portions had become. So it was at this point I realized I needed to really understand what my body needed nutritionally and how it processed food that I put into it across any spectrum. So whether that was protein from an animal, uh, dairy, or even just fruits and vegetables in their raw form. And, you know, to couple that understanding of nutrition and how my body processed food, I also began to work with a therapist because I realized that part of the eating was, you know, I, I almost have in a way flipped my disorder. And so I, I, you know, my disorder of, you know, using food for comfort, and um, was using it in a way to starve myself. And so I saw a therapist, and I said, you know, I, I need help. And I think, I, I, there's some trauma that I need to work through here. And that was true, you know, so, you know, cause at the end of the day, I realized that I thought I was unlovable because I was obese, but you know what, guess what? Like much of what I needed to address was just related to the abuse I had experienced as a little girl. Like, because I was unloved, I had learned to believe that I was unlovable. Being obese simply reinforced that. You know, after all, people, quote unquote, don't love fat girls, even though I was no longer overweight. Like most women, I saw myself as much bigger than I was most, you know, mostly due in part to like benchmarking myself against the stereotypical media images, which is skinny and white. So forgive me if any of you are Caucasian, uh, but I'm going to I'm going to bust into that because the skinny white ideal has been the driving force across unobtainable standards for every woman, regardless of her race, regardless of her age. So we are going to go there. And if you've got something to say, say about it, or you want to talk about it, drop me an email, my my emails in the show notes. So as I began working with my therapist, she asked me, she's like, why are you always comparing yourself to this ideal that you'll never achieve? And I was like, I don't know, why am I doing that? You know, And and I realized that part of trying to obtain this ideal of, you know, thinness is what brought me, is partly what brought me to therapy in the first place. So it simply had to be let go and like flushed down the toilet. So after the counseling, I began to feel more alive and at home in my body. And, you know, I don't know, Like I realized I just wasn't meant to be a skinny girl, you know? I'm okay with curves, I'm okay with junk. There's nothing wrong with that. And our bodies aren't built that way, especially if you're mixed race like myself, you know? And walking away from that just helped me in so many more ways. Like, that was where, you know, the journey with my food became way more intuitive. And I'll tell you, like, even getting to that point, learning about my body's true nutritional needs wasn't easy. I had to wade through articles and diets and supposedly scientifically backed research that was available online. But guess what? It wasn't. So much of this was written with bias and with a slant that to find something that was written in a more holistic way that would allow me to be happy and healthy and not revert back to negative pattern was really, really difficult. So, you know, I stopped listening to the gurus at that point. I started kind of just forging off the path and learning what I could about how food was grown, um, what our body needs to be strong, and and just kind of looking for pieces of insight as I as I went on my own way. Because again, what was there didn't serve me, and I know that you know we have to live in a certain amount of balance. So how did I, you know, how do how was I going to find it? Well. I'd figure it out along the way. So, in the end, you know, I started focusing more on strength and a lot of farm work, a lot of riding horses. Uh, I did a lot less cardio, and, you know, I, I considered, you know, the fact that lifting feed bags or bales of hay helped me, you know, build muscle just as much as going to a gym. I began to eat meat again, and actually even learned to raise it and butcher it. And, uh, you know, and it was honestly, it was a totally awesome experience. And I do it now actively on the farm that I that I have. And uh, you know, in the end, it took me about a decade to fix my relationship with food. And then it took me another three years to understand it, you know, so at this point, where we had like seven years, and then I developed an autoimmune disorder that once again was having a pro- like that affected my heart. And I'm like, really, really after all this and now I have to throw this loop into it. So and started navigating that too. All I can say is that definitely like throughout this journey, learning about health and nutrition, it's not a one size fits all model, especially when it comes to women of mixed race and also of age like what your your metabolism isn't what it is at 25 or 30 once you hit 40 and 50 and 60 there's so many other factors menopause and autoimmune disorders thyroid problems and let's just diabetes you never know so it's just it's such health is so dynamic and it's extremely personal you you really can't try and put it into a formula cuz it's gonna fail it has to be customized for you so you know now i'm 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 you know i that's why i wrote the book that i wrote was because you know what if you have a foundation to start with understanding like how food is processing your body, you can then work with, you know, your, cho- your doctor or a nutritionist or even yourself, if you're that badass, you know, you want to own that shit yourself, do it, um, to work towards using food as medicine and, and developing something that works for you, as long as it's not, you know, the ideal of you've got to be, skinny and vegan in order to be desirable because it's just simply not true and so i'm hoping that as we go through this little food journey this very short cast that maybe you'll learn to love food as much as i do and maybe just maybe you'll fall in love with yourself a little bit more so hopefully we will be doing this together bye-bye Thank you for listening to this episode of Practice Dirty. Please support this podcast by subscribing on iTunes or Spotify and leaving us a rating. If you're looking for the best self-guided mindfulness and discovery tools available for women over the age of 40, head over to MichaelaRose.com. I'll see you next time.